Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. see each one of you here today. Um, uh, Just a couple of things regarding the bulletins. First of all, uh, with regards to to, uh, one announcement that I have here. Just a minute, let me me read it. Uh, If you would like to dedicate an angel on your memory tree in memory of someone special, please sign the sheet at the back of the church or see Melanie. That's who gave me the announcement for more info. Names will be listed for our memory tree on the Christmas edition of the Lanark era. Thank you. Um, you keep going. I'll figure it out. Oh, okay. Get All right. Um, I do have a couple of announcements here in the back of your bulletin. If you haven't uh, brought your box yet, um, Barb informed me that she'd be by to pick them up on Tuesday. So um, just to let you know, I've got, uh, I, we've got quite a few boxes here already. Thank you for bringing them. If you haven't brought them, most of you probably know where the key is. <laughs> and if you don't, I'll tell you, I'll show you after the service. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, if you weren't able to get it in today, you can bring it. Uh, either later on today or tomorrow, and uh, make sure that you uh, leave them up here because I told them they would be on the uh, on the altar. So uh, there are a number of announcements that uh, we need to. Um, first of all, I want to thank the people who who've had uh, shoe who brought shoe boxes, and we it's appreciated. And also today is food bank Sunday. Um, Presbytery is this week, but that won't affect anybody here. And uh, November 25th, session meeting at uh, Elfin at 10.30 a.m. And it shouldn't be too long on one. Uh, December 1st, we're having communion on the first Sunday of Advent. 
and looking forward to that. Of course, the memory tree will be will be up. December twenty fourth is uh, Christmas Eve service, which I went to the la the first one myself last year, and I thought I thought it was the best one I've ever been at in my entire life. That, that's saying something because I've been in some pretty good ones, but uh, that one took the cake um, by far. So um, I think that's all the announcements. I think we have, I think we have more. Thank you. Was it actually yesterday or was that? No, Friday. Oh, okay. But that's okay. Within a day, it's it's fine. It's Alicia's birthday too. That's oh, so we better sing all over. Oh. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alicia. Happy birthday to you. Did you get a card from your mother yet? Oh, good. <laughs> I think yours was, when was yours? The seventh. The okay. All right. Well, it's always nice to celebrate. Listen, if you celebrate another birthday, then chances are you've got another year, right? I mean, likely. And you may say, well, I, I'm a lot younger than you uh, or a lot older, but the bottom line is that uh, it's always nice to celebrate a birthday. And uh, my wife is uh, coming uh, through from Toronto. Um, I'm to meet her at Alpha, <laughs> and we're going to uh, be going out for, for dinner. So um, we're looking forward to, to that. Um, thank you for all the well-wishing, too, that I got. I received, I think, over 70 uh, Facebook uh, birthday wishes. So I really want to thank you for your kindness. And I actually got two on email, which I don't know if I've ever had an email sent to me uh, with a birthday card. I don't think I have, anyway. Anyway, it was, it was all very nice. Thank you very much for your, uh, your uh, good wishes. And uh, hopefully it'll be a great year. Our call to worship is, uh, is there in your bulletin. And Psalm 98. Let us read it together, or I will be the leader and you will be the people of God. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvelous things. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Burst into jubilant song with music. Let all creation sing before the Lord. For he will judge the world with righteousness and all people with equity. Now, Joel was going, supposed to lead us this morning, but um, uh, he forgot. So he doesn't have his guitar with him. And, uh, and I, I know that he needs his guitar. <laughs> so I, he's on deck next Sunday. Okay? So um, now, now he's held to it. Um, let us go to the Lord in prayer. And, um, and pray the prayer of adoration and, and confession and then uh, the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've blessed us with.
And uh, we ask, Lord, that you would be with us in every part of the service. We come to you knowing full well that you love us and guide us. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that. And now, Lord, as, as we go through each part of the service, would you please visit us as your people? Uh, guide us in every way. And uh, Lord, we come to you knowing full well that we do fail you, that we do sin, but we can, as we confess them to you, you are faithful and will forgive us. And so Lord, we confess them to you through Christ our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our gathering hymn is number 338, Let All Things Now Live. number 27 as the deer and uh, but instead of well the kids can all come up at that time and then we're going to sing the little insert song since um, they won't be up here to sing it with us and probably they might know it better than us <laughs> so uh, anyway let's sing number 27 
hospital, but I walk home, and my dad looks at me as I'm coming through the door, and he said, were you with me? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're not that old, I've seen your moments. But, uh, but he did. He said, oh my goodness, did I leave you the story? I said, yes, you did. And he kind of chuckled about it and felt badly, because he came to me later. I didn't mean to leave you there. I just forgot you're with me. So uh, you can always trust your parents, can you? <laughs> and he still didn't know I was I was out of sight, out of mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Pretty depressing if I thought of it too. I thought of it too. But uh, but seriously, he was, he was pretty bad. And he got nicer after that also. Uh, the fact is that all of us, all of us, are special in our own, for our own reasons. Like, what, what do you think special would do? What's special would do? Besides you smile. <laughs> oh, she's, that's, that's it right there. Yeah, she's resistant. Uh, what's special would you give? What do you think special would you? Uh, he's your brother, okay. You got down to the sides thing. What about you? You don't know. I know what's special about you is your smile. You're always have a nice smile. Coming to church is really fun to watch. Oh, well, there you go. That's fine. We're in a roll here. We're down there. What's special about you now? There's lots of things special about you. You're blonde. Look, look at everybody else in the front here. Oh, my white hair. Oh, kind of fair hair, yeah. But but he's gone. Because all your family's like your brothers, they're all kind of fair, aren't they? Yeah, fair. So you have a few. Yeah, you, you know, you've got a few things that you're special for that is uniquely you. Oh, she's your cousin. She's okay. my sister. That's it. And she's your sister. And do you feel the same way about your sister? That's great. But you know, the fact is that God wants us all to recognize that there's something that's special about every one of us. And I never want you to forget that. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I got left in the store. No, <laughs> but the fact is that God puts in his word that children are so important that they are a gift. And I say that quite a few times a year. I don't want you to forget, I don't want parents to forget, because you are God's child. Never forget that. And no matter what you go through, or you get a little older, don't forget that. That's what Philip says that you're special. Okay? Don't forget that. You make sure you bring them. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for our children. They are gifts for me. We thank you for them. As they go down to their own children's church, Lord, I pray that you bless them. Guide their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. My goodness. I got all kinds of birthday coffees. They were so nice. That was my brother. Oh, I see. Okay.
Now, I, I really, we're going to sing it after my sermon, so keep the little pieces of paper, okay? Uh, it's, it's a wonder, isn't it a wonderful course? It's got such great truth. God loves us that much, and I, I love the, the second verse, because I am my beloved's, and he is mine. You know, he's not just some far-off entity, and his banner over me is love. In the last verse, he calls me to his banqueting table someday, we're going to be part of a great banquet. We don't know when. We don't know how it's going to all happen. But we do know it's going to happen because Jesus has told us in his word, 23 out of 27 books of the Bible tell us that Jesus Christ is returning for his church of the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Okay. I'm going to ask us to join together in prayer, the little prayer in your bulletin to just give us an opportunity to uh, to uh, center our attention on the word. Let us pray it together as a people of God. Oh God, as we consider our faith in our everyday life, help us to hear your voice, obey your plan in our lives, knowing that your love is sufficient for all that we need through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Alicia to come and read from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 5 to 9. When you see soldiers camped all around Jerusalem, then you'll know that she is about to be devastated. If you're living in Judea at the time, run for the hills. If you're in the city, get out quickly. If you're out in the fields, don't go home to get your coat. This is Vengeance Day. Everything written about it will come to a head. Pregnant and nursing mothers will have it especially hard. Incredible misery, torrential rage, people dropping like flies, people dragged off to prisons, Jerusalem under the boot of barbarians until the nations finish what was given them to do. It will seem like all hell has broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea, in an uproar, and everyone all over the world in a panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom, the powers that be quaking. And then, then they'll see the Son of Man, welcomed in grand style, a glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet, stand tall with your heads high, help is on the way. Thank you, Alicia, very much. It's a, it's a rather um, startling, I think that's the word I'm looking for, startling passage of scripture, isn't it? it? Sounds like today, to some measure. Have you ever tried to make a prediction? I mean, we, we have them happening right now, don't we? It's all kind of kinds of climate uh, people who are telling us that things are bad, the sky is falling. I don't think so. But but all of us have tried to look to the future and say, okay, if I do this, 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 and this, then this will happen. 
And uh, we, you know, some of the people we've trusted the most from the past uh, decided to mislead us. Thomas Watson, chairman of IBM, 1943, he said to the world, I think that world market has room for five or maybe six computers. <laughs> when my daughter and, and son-in-law were, were, were staying with us this summer, uh, there were six computers around the house, <laughs> let alone uh, for the world. Popular Mechanics Magazine in 1949 said, where a calculator, and this was on the stock market, you must understand that, one of the largest computers at the time, uh, is equipped with 18,000 vacuum tubes and weighs about 25 tons. Future computers will only weigh about a ton and have only about 1,000 tubes. Talk about being misled. Yet we were. Inventor, he was a Frenchman, his name was Laforet claimed that while theoretically and technically television may be feasible, financially and commercially, it's absolutely impossible. <laughs> and uh, how many TVs do some people have in their home? The fact remains that all kinds of predictions are made. This is, this is the best one of them all, though. DECA Recording Studios made this uh, statement publicly. Uh, we don't like their sound. That kind of guitar music is on its way out. And that was their prediction in 1962 regarding four lads from Liverpool. What was their names? The Beatles. Yeah. We all, we all know that. Um, and, and yet they became a phenomenon. One of the greatest phenomenons of their time. Well, here's the disciples. They're walking through the um, temple and leaving with Jesus. 13 of them are there, I think. I think they were all there. And, and as they walked from the building, from the temple, uh, they'd been worshiping. Uh, Jesus stops and said, uh, see these buildings? Beautiful as they are, not one stone will left, be left on top of another. And the disciples are devastated. Why? Good reason. This was their world, folks. This was their bedrock. We're talking about the bedrock of our faith. And here's these disciples who've really grown up, were educated in the temple because you see they had all kinds of buildings beyond the temple. The temple was magnificent. It had been written, uh, built by uh, King Herod of the time. And that was a 45-year-old project. And his son had to finish it. Uh, and so here's this beautiful building, well built. And yet Jesus is saying there won't be one stone left on another. Talk about devastation. The fact is that, uh, that they just looked at Jesus with their mouths probably open, their jaws certainly dropped, and said, how can this be? Do you know that the, the walls of this temple were, were, were made of huge stones. There's no way, the disciples said to themselves, that this temple will ever come down. You know that the smallest stone in that structure was two to three tons. 
The stones on the bottom were 40 to 50 tons. And what they did was they built it in such a way that each stone, after they built the, put the bottom under the foundation, because it's on bedrock too. Uh, Jerusalem is built on rock. Absolutely amazing. And, um, and of course, naturally, they built their homes. More, most of the homes there are built with rock, the exteriors. But what we need to understand is how the magnitude of this temple, so you can understand why the disciples were absolutely floored. So the smallest stone in the structure is two to three tons. They built it in such a way that in the, in the, on the bedrock, they shaved it down so that both sides of the foundational rocks would slightly, would, would be indented, indented slightly. So there was no way for that place to go. Even earthquakes couldn't move those stones. They were huge. You know, one of the stones under the Wailing Wall was 15 meters long uh, in Canadian length and distance and, uh, and measurements. <laughs> that would be about uh, 50, 50 feet long. Think of that. And wide, three meters, which is almost 10 feet. That was one stone. And, uh, and uh, I don't know how they got it there. I really, to this day, don't know how they got it there. There's no real, um, there's no real uh, um, record of, of how they got there, but they were there. The weeping wall it was built the same way. About a, about a thousand years ago, they built it the same way. So some of those rocks were 40 or 50 feet long. How, how did they get them there? We don't know. But we do know that they got them there because they're still there. That weeping wall, which not much of it is left, the, the wall, of, outer wall of Jerusalem, is still there. And, and to this day, they go and pray there because that's their only thing left of that temple and its era. It's the only thing left. And uh, when you think of that, it's kind of devastating. Um, so each stone was laid in such a way, first of all, it was absolutely level. They tell us that when they put those stone, those initial foundational stones, that, that um, they were uh, done in such a way that they were within two th one thousandth of an inch. You can look it up on uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, Google. You can Google it. And so the, the, the immense precision with which this building was built and the, and the walls around it, because there was more than one building. The temple at, in one place stood 400 feet above the ground, 400 feet. So think of this in this way. Somebody who was coming in to visit the temple, because everybody did. You, you made a pilgrimage at least once in your lifetime to go to Jerusalem. And you usually did it, did it one of the feast days. And so here they would be, they'd be, they'd be having people coming down. And some of these were first time visitors. And so they would say to somebody, can you tell us where the temple is? And from any place in the city, you could see the peak, that peak, 400 feet. I don't think there's too many places that are 400 feet above the ground. 
But that was it. It was amazing. And of course, Herod built it for himself, not for anybody else, so that his name would go on in history of this building, this monstrosity of a, of a, of a structure, along with the outbuildings, because there were schools there. There were places, seminaries, that we'd call it today, all the way around. As a matter of fact, let me tell you that they, they, they tell us that the whole area of the temple area, so this is taking in all the other buildings and everything else, could handle standing a quarter million people. Now, I was watching college football yesterday, and you see some of these uh, 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 stadiums. Man, they have 110,000 kids yesterday in one of the stadiums. Uh, and then most of them were kids. Oh, there was there were some older people there too, but most of them were kids, and they were having a whale of a time. You, you know, anybody been in a football game? You know what I'm talking about? I had the privilege of going down to the States and being in one of those football stadiums. Man, I couldn't believe it. I, I stood there for a long time saying to myself, how come there's so many people in the stadium? I mean, in Canada, well, we have the wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, Skydome in, in Toronto. And it's, it's quite a building. I, I remember when it was finished. And it costs a lot of money. And then the people who were the owners of the building decided to sell it. You know what they sold it for? I think it was worth somewhere a quarter of a billion dollars. And they sold it for $25 million to Rogers. Can you imagine that? Talk about something wrong with their mathematics. Anyway, here we are. And, and this building was so immense. And of course, it was all paid for by tax tax dollars at the time. And so as wonderful as it was, uh, really, uh, Mr. Herod, King Herod was no, was no, uh, he, he, he never used his own cash. He used everybody else's. That sounds like politics today. Anyway, uh, and, and there's no mortar. There's not one ounce of mortar in any of those, between those stones, not one. And so for them to take those stones and push them apart, there had to be a reason, and there was. All of the inlay around the temple was all pure gold. I mean, Herod did it up first class. And while he was doing this, he, uh, he made sure that they would have little, little parts in it whereby pressure could, could give and take because it gets cold at night in Jerusalem. And... Um, so he thought of all the things that you need to think about. He really had. But when the, when the fire broke out within the temple, they burned everything that was in it, all the altar, everything. Rome did. And when it happened, the flames were to the roof. And what happened was the, the gold, just inlaid gold, came down between the cracks. And so they wanted all the golds because there was tons of it. There was... Tons of it. And so the Roman armies came in, uh, took all, just took the thing apart. There wasn't one stone left on another. And so we need to understand that this was an amazing time. There was a lot of pride in this building. And Jesus is going to destroy it? Man, what are you talking about, Jesus? 
Well, 40 years later, it did happen. Rome ordered a close down of Jerusalem because there was so much rebellion going on in Israel. What do we learn from this? Well, we learned one thing. The first thing we learned from is that real bedrock faith is what you and I can stand on. We can build on it and it will never falter. Try to place yourself though in the, in the, in the minds and the hearts of first century Jerusalem. Anywhere in that city, that was some piece of land. People worshiped there. They did everything there. They celebrate all the time. You know, we, used, we should learn something from the Jews because they were always celebrating. Everything was a big celebration. And they had a number of times of the year where they did it. Passover, Day of Pentecost, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles, then, then the Feast of, the, of, of First Fruit in the fall of the year after they gave thanks. Kind of like our Thanksgiving. They bring in all the harvest and and then they give a portion of it to the priests. That's really how the, the priests and those that were part of the um, priesthood could live and uh, and even some of the poor. They did a pile of celebrating. But the big question that we have to ask ourselves is, is where in the world and how in the world would they be able to worship now? And that was the, that was the question that was going on in the minds of the 12 disciples. The, the three boys, I always call them the Hardy Boys, uh, they, they, they were Peter, James, and John. They're talking to them on the, Mount of, uh, on the way to the Mount of Olives. And they're saying, how can this be? Like, show us a sign. Show us what's going to happen. Jesus had a lot of birth, birth dates and celebrations in the, in, in the temple. Of course, he was recognized by Simeon and Anna, two prophets, that he was the one, the Messiah. Jesus' religious intelligence was recognized by the scribes and Pharisees when he was 12 years old. Jesus puts it succinctly though for us, and it kind of is the, is the crooks of what we need to consider and what they need to consider. He said, you know, now my people worship in this temple. But someday, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. That's what gathering together as community is all about. Joseph Hayden, the great composer of yester century, yesteryear certainly, who lived from 1753 and died in 1809, the year before he died. He was there at the very front of the audience, listening to his creative work, his oratorio called The Creation. It was being performed in Vienna uh, Music Hall. And as the work was moving along, emotions were running rampant and high, to say the least, across the audience. They were blown away by its power and its maj majesty. And when the chorus in the orchestra came to kind of a crescendo, in the part that says, and there was light, the people, the entire audience stood and and praise the Lord, the, the ovation and the bravo and all of that, that would happen at Vienna. If you ever been to Vienna, you'll know that that's what, they, that's what they still holler to this day. Bravo! And Joseph Hayden was terribly upset. He stood up and asked that there be silence. 
And so everything came to a quiet. You could hear a pin drop. After they plotted, stood to their feet, shouted how wonderful it was. At this time, Hayden is almost, almost dead, really. He's old. His time is almost finished. He stood up from his wheelchair with, with a little help from a couple of people and motioning for everyone to stop. He said, no, no, this, this cannot come to me. This has to, this is, but to the one from whom all things come. Having given God the glory, he sat back in his wheelchair, exhausted, and shortly after that time, passed away. I want to leave you three thoughts. First, the bedrock of our faith is not founded in things. It's not founded in buildings made with hands. It's not founded in the work and the, and the businesses that we built. My father had, had at one point built a wonderful business and, uh, and uh, yet, you know, it all came to naught. And he realized he needed to start depending on the Lord for everything. Reminds me of uh, uh, a preacher who was promoting a book he had written on end times. And he was saying to the people for a full hour, his program, you must buy this book for $15. It's a book that will show you what's happening today and, and the end time signs and, and signals that are to come. And he kept, kept harping on this. And finally, a pastor called the number on the screen. It wasn't even an 800 number. You had to pay for it yourself. And, uh, uh, and he said to the operator who was, who was manning the phone, he said to her, you know, why doesn't he just give away this book? Why, why doesn't he just give it away? I mean, the end's coming. If, he, if he's right, the end's coming. Why doesn't he just give it away? Why, why charge people $15 for the book? And the lady, the operator who was on the other end said, sorry, sir, I don't know much about theology. And the pastor quickly retorted, neither does the writer of the book. 23 of 27 of the New Testament books prophesy Jesus will return. It doesn't say when. Oh, we'll see some signs. There's no question about that. I'm sure the disciples were as, were as puzzled after they asked the question and Jesus answered them as anybody did. You see, the bedrock of our faith is not found in buildings. It's not found in homes. It's not found on our farms or businesses that we have placed our trust in to give us our daily bread. Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks did a comedy uh, a skit about the 2013-year-old man. And Reiner, Carl Reiner did, said to, uh, says to, to Mel Brooks, did you always believe in the Lord? And Brooks said, no. Now, now I didn't make this up. Okay, I just want you to know that. Uh, no, we... We worshipped a guy in our village whose name was Phil. And Reiner asked, you worshipped a guy named Phil? Why, why would you do that? And Brooks responded, he was big and mean and he could break you in half with his bare hands. And Reiner said, did you pray to him? And Brooks responded, would you like to hear one of our prayers? And Reiner said, sure. And Brooks says, oh, Phil. Don't be mean or hurt us or breathe or break us in two with your bare hands. And Reiner said, and when did you start worshiping the Lord? 
And Brooks responded, well, one day a storm came, terrible storm, and lightning bolt hit Phil. And we gathered around him and checked him out to see if there was any pulse. And no, he was dead. Phil was dead. Can you imagine that? And then we thought, said to each other, well, it looks like there's somebody bigger than Phil. <laughs> the fact is, there is somebody bigger than Phil. His name is Jesus. He's the rock of our salvation. Thirdly, Jesus goes on to say, watch out that no one deceives you. Oh, many will come in my name, many false prophets, false leaders, deranged people trying to be world leaders. They'll manipulate, they will lie, they go by many names, but I'm here to tell you there is something bigger than Phil, and there's something bigger than anybody who may put themselves up or set themselves up as to be worshipped. History will sweep those people under the carpet, and Jesus, but Jesus will return. And we will all stand, not on, on the bedrocks of our perceived uh, security, on temples or signs, which is here today and gone tomorrow. No, we will take our stand on the rock Christ Jesus, who was and is and always will be the bedrock of all humanity's foundations. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, may we make you the bedrock of our faith. May we make you the foundation of who we are. You are our only rock. You are the only one that we can place our trust in and, and firmly plant our feet in faith believing upon you. And Lord, we ask today that you will help us to recognize that that we probably have put our faith in a lot of things. But, oh God, may we place our trust, our faith, may we build our foundations upon you, Jesus Christ. For you are the rock of our salvation, and your banner over us is love. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, pick up that little piece of paper I'm going to take it uh, and, and sing with me this wonderful little chorus one more time because now it makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus is the rock of our salvation and his banner over us is love. Let's sing it together. Jesus is the rock of my salvation and his banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation and his banner over me is love. Jesus is the rock of my salvation and his banner for me is love. His banner over me is love. I am my beloved's and he is mine and his banner over me is love. I am my beloved's and he is mine and his banner over me is love. I am my beloved's and he is mine and his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. He calls us to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. He calls us to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. 
He calls us to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Thank you very much. At this time, we're going to give you the opportunity to worship the Lord with your giving. The Lord bless you. our gifts after all they originally come from you you've been so good to us and we ask now that you use both gift and giver for the ongoing work of your kingdom both here at home and around the world through christ our lord we pray amen you may be seated um, we're going to go to prayer and we're going to sing just before we do number 449 jesus listen to your people praying we're going to try and emphasize that or kind of prepare ourselves to, to pray for those that need our prayers. And so let's sing it together. Number 449.
Some of us have come to you this morning and when we need healing because of our loneliness. Others have come this morning because we're in pain. Lord, others of us have, are, have come to you today and we just need you to encourage us and build us up through your spirit. But whatever reason we've come, we have come to meet with you. And so, Lord, because you are the bedrock of our salvation, of our faith, and we count it a great privilege to be able to serve you. We come to you, Lord, because we really do need your help. There are a number of people who need your healing. And so, Lord, would you minister to them? We think this morning of George and Ruth and Terry and Sylvia and Betty and Joyce and Rob and Bob, and Stan, and Morgan, and Nick. Lord, we pray that you touch them. Those in retirement homes, Lord, we, we think of them. There are so many of them. We think of Judith Braithwaite, and Rita Duncan, and Norma Lafine, and Audrey, and Dawn, and Donna, and Lori. Lord, we pray for each one of them, and ask, Lord, that you visit them. It's it's, it's so refreshing, they say to me, when people come and visit them. And Lord, I pray that we will do just that. Be with them. Encourage them. Lord, we have requests from our own hearts that really need to be addressed. And so we're coming to you, Lord, praying as your children and ask that you would meet our needs. And in your mercy, O oh Lord, would you not only hear our prayer, but also answer our prayer? Lord, we've had a, an interesting week this past week. We've had a day here and there where we didn't feel our usual selves. Or we might have had days when we sinned. Lord, we ask you to forgive us our sin, that you'd encourage the, those of us who are downtrodden, that you'd guide us and, and deliver us. And Lord, may we stand strong upon you because you are there. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Lord, I pray for those that govern over us. I pray, Lord, that you'd allow each one of them to know to be still and know that you are God. To know that we have you and without you we can do nothing but with you all things are possible. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We uh, want to close with uh, number 575. Lead me, Lord. Let's stand together as we sing it. And it's just our prayer as we go from this place. Lead me in your 
righteousness make your way plain before my face for it is you and you God only who makes me to dwell in safety lead me Lord lead me in your righteousness make me plain before my face for it is you and you God but only who makes me to dwell in I trust that God will give you a very blessed week. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God and fellowship and communion of his Holy Spirit rest on each one of you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon, and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.